Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 19. Mulder's back ached from the hard plastic chair. He couldn't summon the energy to move. When his phone rang, he groped for it with one hand. One sorry son of a bitch speaking. How's our patient? The smoker's voice slithered over the line. Mulder rubbed his tired eyes. You did find the chip, didn't you, Agent Mulder? Yes. I can imagine there must have been a question as to its medical value. There still is. Mulder heard the intake of a puff on the other end. And so I have yet to earn your trust, in spite of my gesture. You could say that, yeah. Well, I have something else to offer you. I've arranged a meeting, and I think you'll want to attend, Mr. Mulder. Mulder set back. You thought wrong. Until I see some proof that Scully's getting better, I don't have anything more to say to you. I wouldn't be so hasty. We both know that Agent Scully's well-being is not the only thing on your wish list. And what are you, my fairy godmother? Another pause as the man took a drag. Not your mother, no. I'm just one man who is in a position to know some things, Agent Mulder. Things that I think you might also want to know. Surely, you must have given my earlier questions some consideration. All the consideration it deserves. The smoker named an address outside of the city. Meet me there in two hours. I promise it'll be worth your while. After that, if you still don't wish to speak to me, I'll let the matter drop. Somehow I doubt that. Two hours, Agent Mulder. I can't keep her out much longer than that. And the line went dead. Mulder didn't order anything in the diner because his stomach was locked tight as a drum. Any food would have been summarily tossed back up again. He fidgeted to work off nervous energy and wondered for the millionth time in ten minutes why he had left the hospital on the smoky man's say-so. Because he said her, the little voice in his head reminded, she was going to be here. A car drove up and the glare of the headlights filled the diner. Mulder blocked his eyes and squinted at the human shapes inside the vehicle, trying to make an identification. The smoker killed the lights, and Mulder saw there was a grown woman sitting in the car. You know him or something? A curious waitress asked. Mulder's heart froze. I think that's my sister. He did his best not to pounce. She already seemed the frightened rabbit, hunched on her stool with her eyes darting around the room. A thousand questions tangled with his tongue. You don't remember anything about that night, he asked, as gently as he could. I remember you, he smiled encouragingly. His pulse danced a techno beat and made him lightheaded. I remember something, men, and, and then nothing. I can help you. He leaned forward. You were abducted, Samantha. I can help you remember. She shook her head slowly as if in pain. I don't want to, Fox. I don't. Mulder drew back. Then why have you come here at all? Her lower lip quivered, her hands bunched in her lap. My father told me 
that he'd found you. You wanted to see me very badly, and you've been looking for me for a long time. Is that true? Tears welled in Mulder's eyes. It was the deepest truth. He nodded at her. I'm so sorry, Fox, and I wish that I'd known how to find you. Samantha, I want you to listen to me. What you've been told by that man out there might not be true. Why do you say that? She looked as though he'd wounded her. Because he's known where to find me for a very long time. She shook her head. No, I don't believe you. Why wouldn't he tell me? I don't know, but I believe he's kept things from you. He inched forward again, trying to block out the man smoking outside in the car. I want you to come with me to see Mom. Her features twisted. Mom's alive? Yes, and I know she would very much like to see you. I can't. Pain lanced through Mulder's chest. Why not? It's too much. I didn't want to come here at all, Fox. I was afraid to see you. I have another life now. I have children of my own. She rose to leave and Mulder couldn't stop himself. He grabbed her arm. No, please, don't go. I can't stay here right now, she said, sobbing. All right, just tell me how to find you, please. She tried to pull free. I need some time. Just, just tell me where to find you. His fingers bit into her arm. Please don't, Fox. Let me go. I promise you that I'll think about it. Somehow he managed to relax his grip, and Samantha ran. The doorbell tinkled as she fled outside to her car. Mulder rose in a stupor to watch the smoker touch her face. Twenty-three years of searching, it never occurred to him that she might not want to be found. The headlights flared again, blinding him, but this time Mulder stood at the window, took the pain. When his vision cleared at last, she was gone. When the smoker demanded another meeting, Mulder did not hesitate. What do you want from me, he asked, as they walked along the crowded street. The smoker looked offended. Want from you? You give me these things, the only things I ever wanted, and I can't think of any reason for you to do so. It's true that no act is completely selfless. I come not to ask but to offer to offer the truth you've so desperately sought. I know the truth. Do you? Mulder put his ace on the table. I spoke with one of your men. The smoker nodded, unsurprised. This man you spoke to, Michael Critchgow, has he deceived you with beautiful lies? He told you that everything you believe about extraterrestrial life is untrue. I'm offering you a chance to know the truth. In exchange for what? Quit the FBI. Come work for me. Mulder snorted. No deal. After all I've given you. What? What have you given me? A claim of a cure for Scully's cancer? But is she cured? You show me my sister and then take her right back. I intend to keep my promises, but I need something from you. You murdered my father. You killed Scully's sister. If Scully dies, I will kill you. I don't care whose father you are. The smoker flicked his ash into the wind. Well, you're certainly capable, 
so I've been told. I understand you have a hearing tomorrow where you'll have to testify to those murderous impulses of yours. Fuck this, Mulder muttered under his breath. He started to walk away. When you reconsider, the offer still stands. Mulder halted, turned around. You say the alien hoax wasn't for me, he said, walking back. Who was it for? Why, for her, of course. Can't you have guessed that? For who? Scully? She never saw the body. She wasn't supposed to. She was only to talk to Krichkow. He said you didn't want her to live long enough to examine the body. That you timed the hoax with her cancer. On the contrary, Agent Mulder. We needed her very much alive. How else was she to testify to the illegitimacy of your work? At least Dana Scully was going to do the job for which we first positioned her. Shutting down the X-Files permanently. In fact, we had to move up the project because her health was failing so rapidly. You bastard. Mulder lunged at him, but the smoker sidestepped him. Mulder stumbled, panting, and caught himself against a tree. So you see, Krichkow was in on it all along. You see he can't be trusted. Mulder turned and glared at him. And you can? I can make you assurances that he cannot. That no one can. Mulder looked away, but the smoker continued. Your safety. Your sister's. He paused. Agent Scully's. Think on it for a while, and I'm sure you'll see the many benefits of my offer. He crushed out the cigarette with a twist of his heel, blowing one last plume of smoke in Mulder's direction. I can't wait to welcome you to the family. His apartment was a crime scene, and Bill had Scully's place. Mulder drove around in the dark for an hour before pointing his car north on 95. He stopped on her quiet street and cut the engine. The gate squeaked, as it always did, and he trudged up the stairs, not at all sure what he would say when she opened the door. He rang the bell. The light came on, and he could see her silhouette through the lace curtain hanging on the window of the front door. She paused, halfway down the hall, to wrap her robe around her, and a moment later the door opened with a whoosh. Oh my God, Miranda said. I'm sorry it's so late. Fox, Jesus. She held the screen door open with her palm. Come in, come in. I can't believe it. I heard on the news. He stepped into her narrow hall. Rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. I see that. She scrutinized his face. Are you all right? He wasn't sure he could even process the question. I'm sorry to bother you at this hour. I wasn't sure where else to go. It's fine, she said, slipping an arm around him. He gripped her to his side in an iron vice hug. Gingerly, she hugged him back. It's okay. Come into the living room and I'll make us some tea. Arabella recognized him and wove in between his legs, purring. Mulder collapsed into the deep sofa cushions and covered his face with his hands. He remained like that while Miranda went to the kitchen to make the tea. She returned with steaming mugs that gave off a faint hint of orange and jasmine. Here you are. The porcelain burned against his palm. She took the other end of the couch and curled her long legs under her. Tell me what happened, she said. He looked over at her. We would need much more than tea for that. I've got stronger stuff. He shook his head 
This is fine. When he didn't say anything further, she tried again. How is Scully doing? I had lunch with her the other day. She's in the hospital. Very sick. He took a large sip and let the hot liquid singe his insides. There's not much more anyone can do. She laid a hand on his shoulder. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Arabella jumped into his lap and began kneading him with tiny kitty feet. He stroked her silken fur. On the coffee table in front of him lay a half dozen books on mysticism in Thailand. He nodded at them. What if it's all a lie? Miranda paused in mid-sip. If what's a lie? All of it. Ghouls and goblins, ESP and Bigfoot, tromping around in the woods. Aliens. He hesitated. God. Miranda blew out a long breath and shifted in her seat. I don't know. I mean, who's in a position to say it's a lie? Who has that kind of all-encompassing knowledge? But even if it were all lies, I'm not sure it would change much about the way I live my life, she smiled. Might have to get a new job, though. Why? Just wondering. Crisis of faith? Arabella extended her neck so he could scratch beneath it. Something like that. I'm thinking of making some changes. Ah, she nodded. Changes can be good if it's for the right reason. Annoyance kindled him. How do you know what my reasons are? I don't. Why don't you tell me? He sighed and dropped his hands away from the cat. I could, but then I'd have to kill you. That's not funny. I know. He sent her a hard look. I'm not laughing. She studied him from behind her mug. I'm sorry you've had such a hard time, she said quietly. I wish I could do something to help. Well, you can't. I'm beginning to see that. He ran a hand through his hair, frustrated. He hadn't come here to make her angry. I just... He leaned down and picked up one of the books. Arabella scampered away. The stories in this book, and this book. He tossed them into her lap. And this one, all of them. No hard evidence of anything in any of them. And yet, we continue to believe. Why is that? Miranda was quiet for a long moment. I can only give you my perspective. I don't for a second believe that everything written in these texts is the gospel truth. But I do believe they get a real kind of truth. Those things you named, aliens and souls and God, I believe they are real. They are the truth. But how do you be sure? She bent her head. It's like the conversation between the evolutionary biologists and the creationists. The evolutionary biologist looks at all the wonders of nature, the marvelous intricacies of life, and says, I don't see how anyone could look at this and not believe in evolution. The creationist looks at the same magnificent world and says, I don't see how anyone could look at this and not believe in God, she shrugged. We learned so much, and I just think that, looking at all we've learned, there has to be so much more out there to know. He leaned back and stared at the ceiling. And if you're wrong, if we're all victims of our own imagination, 
I don't think you can ever be a victim of imagination, she paused. You're afraid of looking foolish. I'm afraid it's been a waste of time, that the sum purpose of my life has been to advance a lie at great personal cost to the people around me. Like Scully? Exactly like Scully. Miranda picked the books up off her lap and stacked them on the floor next to her. The empty mug she set atop them. Scully doesn't believe in these things, does she? She asked at last. The UFOs, the mystical encounters, strange little men who steal children in the night. Mulder rolled his head around to look at her. Scully remains highly skeptical. I gathered. But she does the work with you anyway. Why? Mulder set up, blinked. I don't know. I think when you find that answer, Miranda replied, then you'll know what you should do. All eyes rested on Mulder as he prepared to hand them the rope for his hanging. Chief Blevins fixed him with a stern look. Agent Mulder, Agent Scully lied straight face to this panel about your death. She lied because I asked her to. Because I had evidence of a conspiracy. Blevins frowned. We've already heard testimony to these allegations, Agent Mulder. Now, did you shoot the man found dead in your apartment? I will answer, sir. As soon as... Another senior agent stepped in. Did you shoot Scott Osselhoff? I will answer that question, sir. I will answer that question after I name the man who is responsible for Agent Scully. A man I want prosecuted for his crimes. A man who is sitting in this very room. Agent Mulder, Chief Blevins asked you a question, and you will answer. I can't do that, sir. I can't do that because Chief Blevins is the man I'm about to name. In the war between elation and exhaustion, fatigue was gaining ground. Scully's lids slipped shut every few seconds, and then she would remember and jerk awake again. Her mom reached out and rubbed her back. Get some sleep, she whispered. I promise we'll wake you when he gets here. Mm, no, I'm fine. Her mother gave her an indulgent smile. Okay, dear. Satisfied, Scully closed her eyes again. She imagined Mulder's face when she got to tell him the news only four hours old. The tumor was gone. She practiced saying it silently over and over each time, letting herself believe a little bit more that it was true. Her mother touched her again this time tracing wisps of her hair with loving fingers, and Scully swatted the offending hand away. I'm fine. I see that. At the deep voice, she forced her eyelids apart. Mulder's face blurred and then came into focus. She gave him a slow, wide smile. Hi. He sat on the bed with her and swiped one last bit of hair away from her face. Hi. Your mom said I should wake you. How are you doing? Still sleepy, she yawned and curled into his touch. I'm good. I'm well. His voice floated over her, soft and tender. I'm glad. No, I'm really well. She looked right at him, his hand stilled in her hair. Reaching for it, she brought it down and kissed his knuckles. I'm better, Mulder. The tumor is gone. There is no trace of the cancer in my bloodstream. She felt the tension in his arm. His mouth fell open, but no sound came out. Giddy, 
She rolled around, still clutching his hand. It's true. Scully, that's wonderful. My God. He leaned down and crushed her in an awkward hug. She wrapped all four limbs around him, and he laughed into her neck, his voice muffled. She squeezed him tighter to transfer her delight. He stroked her side through her thin gown, rocking her gently on the bed. Scully. The one word vibrated through her, and tears clouded her eyes. Sniffling, she burrowed even closer to him, running her hands over his shoulders and through his fine hair. I love you, she whispered, her other not-so-secret joy. He nipped her neck. Back at you. He pulled back a bit and rested on his elbows, looking down at her. She smiled her best crinkly smile and played with his tie. And the hearing, she asked, sobering just a bit. He traced the shell of her ear with an idle finger. It's over. Blevins is the mole. You're kidding me. I wish I was. He saved the Bureau the embarrassment of a trial, though. Committed suicide this afternoon. She shook her head. Mulder, what about you? No charges. With Blevins' guilt on record, Osselhoff's death classifies as self-defense. She relaxed again. So, we're home free. We sure are. He kissed her nose, and then, more lingeringly, her mouth. She sighed and positioned him a bit better as a blanket. He laid his head on her chest, and she trailed her fingers over his scalp. He felt more worn out than she did. So, what made it go away, he asked, his breath tickling her skin. She continued her massage. No one knows. Dr. Zuckerman actually used the word miracle. He turned his head so he could look her in the eyes. What do you think? She considered. Faith? In God? In God? In justice? She touched his cheek. And you? He ducked his head and nuzzled her collarbone. Don't forget yourself. Yes, me too. She hugged him again, and he relaxed into her with a sigh. For long moments, they lay together in silence, breathing in sync. Of course, he said without moving. I think we both know the real culprit. We do? Uh-huh. He raised his head, and she followed his gaze to the ledge across the room. From its jar by the window, the giant pickle looked back at them. Mulder, you're nuts. Hey, it's your story. Epilogue. You made it. Miranda walked across the noisy lecture hall and welcomed Mulder in the room. He grinned. I wouldn't miss this for the world. The new recruits look like a good bunch. She made a crazy face. Class size almost doubled this year. Can you believe it? Tugging his sleeve, she teased. It's not too late to sign up to lecture, you know. You were a big hit last year. Nah, he tugged on his tie. I don't think I can bring the same kind of enthusiasm to the subject these days. Besides, today's subject isn't my area of expertise. Come sit with me down front, she said. I saved you the best seat. Mulder sat in the fold-up chair and rested his arm on the battered desk. Shifting to get comfortable, he prepared to enjoy the hour. The clock slipped past three and the class quieted as Scully approached the lectern. Mulder's heart danced with a mix of pride and mischief. 
he double-dog dared her to do this, and from the tiny frown on her face, he knew he would pay for it later. Good afternoon, she said. My name is Dana Scully, and I'm a forensic pathologist with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Her voice echoed strong and clear, and her deep purple suit clung to every re-emerging curve. If he hadn't known better, Mulder never would have guessed she'd been sick. A smile playing across his features, he sat back to listen. Scully clicked on the slide projector. I am here today to talk to you about unexplained medical phenomena. The end. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>